You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good evening and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 141, recorded February 27th, 2022. The topic for this episode is Truth to Power, Part 1. And I am your host for this episode. My name is Orchid. And I am Elamist. And I am Rendell Zivas. Rendell's joining us for the Twoggle. We'll have to. New new. New expansion. New expansion. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. New hotness. So I'm going to get into some podcast info for you. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. It can also be, uh, you can tweet me at hey, it's orchid. You can also tweet at elemist at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. And you can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast, even on Spotify. Who knew? Uh, you can also find us in our Discord. The easiest way to do that is discord.gg slash lorehub. But there's also a link in the description for this episode that you can just click there and find us. Uh, if you're feeling generous, you can also donate to us on ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. And every little bit helps. We really appreciate your generosity. Uh, you can also find our info on the lorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. I think we're still there. I haven't checked. There, there it is. Yep, there it is. <laughs> there it is. I th you know what? It's been a witch queen came out. I haven't checked. I've been busy. So you think we're still there, but I mean, we've we've been busy, you know, trying to fight against Savathun and you know you haven't really yeah. had time to check. So no, I'm I've been busy fighting darkness stuff. So, um, or lightness. Uh, do you know lightness. <laughs> Before we get into things, um, we're going to start on a little bit of a serious note. We haven't recorded in a few weeks because we usually take the week off, um, of a major expansion. But, uh, this past week, Vladimir Putin and his forces decided to attack Ukraine without provocation. And we're not down with that. And we stand with Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. And we just thought we would say that we lend our support to them. And I know there's not much that we can do as a podcast, except say that we lend our support and we do what we can. So. Absolutely. But it's, uh, it's really dark, really tough times right now. And really confusing times and it's really kind of scary for people especially people living in europe also um living on like the u.s west coast i could be there's i'm across the world there's i'm so far removed from it but like for people who live there it's terrifying like one day you're you know eating in a cafe and another day like your house is gone. 
and you're like living in a bomb shelter now. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things where this is, I wouldn't say unprecedented, but it is certainly a very dark part of modern history that we find ourselves in right now. So as Orko was saying, we can't really do much as a podcast on our own, but we can at least be, you know, that beacon of light in the darkness. And hopefully for anyone who has been going through some stuff, we can offer a little bit of levity in these times. Hopefully, Um, if you need people to talk to, uh, Guardians Mental Health is there and um, we are not mental health professionals. But if you need someone to talk to, we're there. And uh, if you would like to donate to good causes, actually, the Ukrainian army is straight up taking donations. You can find information about that on Twitter. You also the Red Cross is taking donations as well, and you can find other people that are taking donations. So, uh, reach out and talk to people if you would like to help, because times are really tough and awful right now. So, but yeah, I thought we should say something. Mm-hmm. We stand with Ukraine. <sighs> yep. God, everything sucks right now. Except which queen is super awesome, so let's talk about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Which queen is awesome? Holy shit. So instead of going over the TWAB like we usually would, um, I thought we would just talk about which queen this week, since it just as kind of a, hey, everything dropped. Let's just kind of like impressions of the game and how you're liking it instead. Wait, hold on a second before we get any much further in this. Are you saying this is going to be another episode with a less than 20 minute twaggle? Holy fuck. No, probably not. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not Rindle. that organized. Sorry. <laughs> You're here. It's definitely not. You're uh, super chatty. That's wishful thinking. I know. <laughs> so have you guys finished the campaign? Yes. I think both of you have. Uh, Not quite. Uh, Sammy and I have been getting through it and we're almost done uh as of time of recording i'm sure that by the time the episode drops we absolutely will be finished but so far holy fuck i've i've really been enjoying it elmas what about you i've been enjoying it thoroughly i've gone on record saying this is the second best campaign that they've ever put out right behind taken king hmm I see a lot of people saying that it's better than Taking King, and I don't, I don't know about that because I really liked Taking King. Like that right. was really good. Taking King is a really, really hard act to follow, no matter the, what the hell you do. The big thing is like, Witch Queen is still top three. That is the big takeaway. Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Like if it's not, if it's not number one, it's easily number two, if nothing else exactly because holy shit have i said that enough the um the campaigns really were actually remind me a lot of halo oh my god you can see that bungie is the one that made these and that this is a halo studio and i'm saying that as someone who plays a lot of halo (laughs) um (laughs) only because these are very very long campaign missions and I've been doing it on legend. I've been doing it on solo legendary, which feels like the only way to play them, which it isn't. 
obviously, but that's the way I've been playing them, um, which is why it's been taking me so long to get through it. I'm not <laughs> done with it yet. But I mean, once you do it, the one time you don't have to do it again. So right. why would I not do it again? I mean, like, well, you so know, the, it's the so ghosts. good. I mm, we should mention yes. that actually uh, going back it, in the TWAB, they did have a big like warning. Um, there are some parts like the ghosts mission that's very bad for epileptics. And I'm like, yeah, because I had posted on Twitter that this is super bad for me and it's very flashy and terrible. And who? OK. Hey, Bungie. Can we have a talk? Uh oh, I I, I sense an orchid rant incoming. I'll, I'll I'll prep the music. Can we have a discussion for a second? <laughs> you were like, hey, you know what? We're going to be really, really good about um, not doing this anymore. And we're going to be really good to people who are photosensitive. And we're not going to have like really we're gonna you know take accessibility to the next level and we're gonna have a whole team that's gonna look at stuff and we're gonna not have flashy bits that are really terrible and we're we're not gonna do these things and so we're gonna make entire campaign missions that are in the dark and then have scorn in them because that is what accessibility is all about no bungee no come on guys what why would you do this literally why like i understand the mechanic i do but the fucking why would you do that like did someone not point out to you maybe we shouldn't now being fair it's entirely likely that all of that stuff was set in stone campaign wise when they said all that stuff. And that is just me playing devil's advocate at this point. But that is true. I'm I know that this it takes a long time. I mean, this stuff was done a year ago. Exactly. Right. But at the same time, why would you do that? Yeah. At the same time, why would you not look at that and just be like, hey, guys, um, can, can we? Can we have a fucking talk about this? Uh... A year ago was also when all of this happened and it became a big deal. Mm -hmm. And they had to be like, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't do this. And they had to put the warning in the game. Right. Because of people like me and others who were really loud about it. Mm -hmm. But mainly me. Yep. Who were loud about it. And thanks to like Tamsin Wood and people in my clan and um destiny to and zed like their main account were really helpful and their community managers if it weren't for them like the word wouldn't have gotten out that it really is that bad but why would you do that if you know it's bad and then you're like oh shit maybe we shouldn't have an entire like main story campaign mission revolve around this game mechanic Maybe there's something we can do to mitigate that a little bit. Maybe? Question mark? Like. Yeah. The fact that it's so dark. like I, It's bad for people normally. I remember that mission, like going through that section and mm -hmm. thinking like, God. Like even for me, this this is not great. No. And it's frankly, it's kind of dangerous. 
if the point is supposed to be that it's like disorienting the player in the sense of being like mentally fucked with, I feel like there are other ways of going about that. It, it just seems like design wise, there are other ways they could have gone about that particular section of the game without having like the high contrast stuff going on. Yeah. I, I've I've been having issues with just how dark the game has been contrast wise ever since like season of the splicer yeah in in vogue like i let somebody else do the the gorgon labyrinth because i can't see shit yeah it's hard to see and it's hard to navigate and for people like me who when it gets dark in the game i know that there's gonna be a bright spot suddenly and i get very wary um, because I have to protect myself. And even after that, um, the next big kind of boss fight was in the pyramid with Cabal on Europa. Um, and that was also a huge problem for me because a lot of it was um, was a Cabal guy with his like big flashy gun and it's just all arc and it's all coming at your face and it's still dark in there. Like it's it's brighter, but the contrast still with like and it's the pulse of light coming straight at you. Yeah. And when you're slowed and you're trying to get away from it, like and there are very few places to hide. Like it's actually really dangerous. It was really hard to get through. And I mean, like I did. It took me I think I died 87 times. And a, a couple of those were just like randomly being teleported and physics for no reason. It was very frustrating. I can imagine even with having to deal with the flashies aside, like I, Jesus. I've had yeah. seven seizures so far doing the campaign. Jeez. That so. is not good. No, that's not. So, I mean, like, that's just I want to play it and I want to do I want to do it solo and I want to play it on Legendary because I like to do Halo Lasso. That's how I like to play games and I'm not going to let this stop me, but like there has to be like I don't have this problem in Halo at all. There has to be some kind of middle ground between aesthetic and keeping it safe. Well, right. if this is going to be the aesthetic going forward, I can't play Destiny anymore. I can play Gambit. I can do a lot of strikes. Like, I can do Crucible. But if it's, like, story missions like this, I can't do them. And so it's barring me from, like, the actual story of the game now. Like, if this was just a strike, I could ignore it. Like, I ignored Hollow Lair for years. I just didn't do it. Easy. Right. Mm -hmm. And if it was, uh, and if it was, you know, seasonal stuff, I ignored that, too. And, you know, that sucked, but I ignored it. At least in the case of Hollowed Lair, it helped that that was kind of a, you know, that strike was pretty mid, let's be honest. 
I mean, that strike sucks. I'm so glad it's gone. <laughs> like everyone is like, don't miss you. Like goodbye. <laughs> it's like it's like the fact that the meatball is gone from Gambit. Like, no one misses the meatball. <laughs> all my homies hate the meatball. Oh, zero people miss the meatball. <laughs> Except that didn't they move the the actual meatball mechanic back into like all the other uh, bosses? No. So you can still melt bosses? Or No, it's different now. We'll talk about Gambit in a bit. Oh no, to close this out, it's it's like don't i i don't want them to take away from like their aesthetic in the way that they make missions but i know people who don't have the problems that i do that are like legitimate like it's unsafe for me but it just gives them migraines and they've been having problems with these same missions so there has to be a way to to design around this right and still have like the look and feel without making it dangerous yeah absolutely i mean like the only way i can really think of is just delete the scorn and then we won't have the problems that we do. <laughs> jk but no i'm not kidding at the same time <laughs> i mean the scorn are also a little suspect in terms of their relevance to me at this point so the scorn i just don't understand how they can be in like 80 percent of the throne world <laughs> <laughs> i literally don't i don't like lore wise i don't know why they're there i don't know why they're relevant i because they needed more than one enemy race for us to fight why i i have a feeling they're actually going to have an answer for that in the raid i hope so because they could have had taken instead taken would have made so much more sense i know but Holy they didn't shit they had scorn instead Oh, well, so um, weapons crafting is a thing. How do you feel about it? Are you loving it? Do you like the Play-Doh machine that they gave us? I called <laughs> it. It looks like a Play-Doh former. You, you know what? You say that and you're totally fucking right. It does. It looks like it makes Play-Doh toys or like I think I called it like the nacho table once because I was hungry and wanted food and it looks like the thing where you get all the little salsas <laughs> at Baja Fresh. Oh god. So yeah, I I actually am enjoying weapon crafting. I'm not I haven't done a whole lot of it yet. Um outside of maybe a f four or five weapons, but that's because I can't tell what currencies i have like they introduced five currencies and i can only tell one of them right the only way to tell the others is to literally start crafting a weapon and then be like oh i can't craft it because i don't have you know this <laughs> currency x or or so like you get to that hopeful state of like oh i can make this exactly how i want and then I can't. Fuck. I think you know how many you have because you hover over the perk on the weapons and that tells you how many currency you have for that perk. And then that's how many you know you have. Right. But again, it's it's you have to make that trip to to Mars and be like You don't have to make the trip. You can do it on every weapon. What? I think you can literally hover over like the perk on a weapon and it tells you like how many you have. Huh. 
is it really bad that I hear you guys talking and I just internally can hear that moment of LMS.exe has stopped working and must close. I think you can do that. I honestly think you can do that. I don't know why there isn't like a separate box in the UX design of the game that just has all the separate currencies like in a no, separate, you know, like, you know, where our stuff lands when you buy stuff in Eververse. Yeah. Just have our currencies there instead. Like, because like, yeah, if, if that we is don't the need case, a separate then... box for Eververse. Like, give me the little currency box. That's what I need. Because like, if that is the case, then yeah, I, I most of my issues will be solved. But I want to say that that's what it is. Yeah, and and I can totally agree. Like, it would be best if we had just like a section of the UX uh, where we could basically just have listed out like all of our different currencies. And that sure as hell would make keeping track of stuff like seasonal currencies a hell of a lot easier, too. Right. You know, just that shit that like, oh, it only holds relevance for however many months. And then suddenly we don't really have anything else to do with it. So, but yeah, I'm kind of of the same mind in the sense that like I've um, I've only really experimented with weapons crafting a little bit, but it's definitely very intriguing and there's a couple of roles that i want to try to put together on a couple weapons so we'll just have to see how time goes and see how that comes along right like i the the one issue that i do have with weapon crafting is that it doesn't seem consistent across the board as to unlocking the patterns yeah yeah there were several patterns that was like, oh, hey, you unlock it right away because it's needed for the story. Okay, cool. I can understand that. For some of the others, for the majority, it's like, oh, hey, you need to unlock three or you need to do three, you know, deep sight red border ones in order to actually unlock this pattern. Mm -hmm. And if that's the way it is, okay, I can deal with that. But then there's one that, that needs two and another that needs five and I, i'm like why why isn't this consistent like is it them just saying that like oh these perks are the ones that you would have for the god roll of this weapon like fucking what but at that point like it's it's not even unlocking the perk like it's it's unlocking the weapon itself <sighs> i don't know man that's the only problem that i have is just that it doesn't seem consistent and good luck getting five of the the seasonal weapon to drop because you know <laughs> with the red border yeah because that is entirely up to rng as to whether or not yeah. you actually have that red border in order to play around with that right are you finding that you're compulsively doing every red border gun that you get yes <laughs> Like every single time you pick one up, you're like, I have to do this gun. Hold on. I started out that way. And then I, I, I've been able to back myself away from that. Okay. I think eventually it will come to that, that point where it's just like, oh, if this is, if it's the X weapon that I quite like generally, okay, sure. Let's give this a shot. Um, I think a lot of that, for me at least, stems from just, oh, new arsenal. Hmm, let's see mm. how this feels. Right. And that's why I didn't have a problem with it at first. And But now I've, I've been able to back my way away from that. And I'm like, okay, so do I really need to do this? 
Right. And I'm still doing quite a bit of them, but like for the rockets, I, I'm sitting there like I I'll equip it and do some activities and don't I just don't use my heavy. Or <laughs> well, because like I, I tend to forget. I I enjoy primary play, so I run around with you know a scout or a pulse rifle or a hand cannon. And there are no craftable hand cannons. Oh yeah, that that really annoys me as the as the as the resident hand cannon whore. Uh, that 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 really bothers me. Uh, same here. <laughs> but like I've, that's gonna be something that they they release later on. Like there's gonna be a hand cannon like next season or something, and I know that. Mm-hmm. Or possibly with the raid or something. Oh God, if there's a raid hand cannon, holy shit. I will be busting that raid every single weekend. Oh, I know, right? I can't wait. I, I'm i really excited for it, actually. That actually leads really well into the the raid is next weekend. Mm. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Uh, Are you going to be ready by then? My character is... Like I have, are you mostly ready? I have all three characters in the 1540s. Damn! Wow! Such a tryhard. Just kidding. Uh- <laughs> the powerful grind was easy this time around because there are so many different sources. Right, which is just making me wonder that with contest on, like, how fucking hard are they expecting the raid to be? If they're having it so that it's just a really accessible gauge to if it's an easy barrier to entry. So it's just like, oh, more people can do it. Or I could be completely wrong. And it's just, you know, one of those things where it's like a deep stone crypt all over again, which would not Mm -hmm. be a bad thing. Like deep stone is one of the best examples of environmental storytelling that destiny has. Oh, my God. Yes. So if it's anything like that. (laughs) <laughs> well and and i've been trying to figure out what kind of enemies we're going to face off against i have like at this point it's either going to be scorn or taken or uh, sorry hive scorn or hive i mean yeah most likely hive because i mean they just i'm hoping for hive lucent hive concept into the game so Right. I mean, why why wouldn't you use that for the raid, especially if it's something that takes place in the throne world? Exactly. And and that's what I'm hoping. But I can also see them going scorn because, you know, it's taking place in a pyramid ship. Mm. So I just I I don't know. What watch we say all this and the end boss winds up being Tanix again. We could also have an <laughs> enemy we've never met before, too. That is true. Because of the end boss that we won't mention in case people... Spoilers. That is true. Yeah, it could end up being something completely different because... Section redacted. Because spoilers. So, um, I was going to do day one rating, but with all of the uh, flashy bits that I've come across... I've decided not to because <laughs> it's not fun watching somebody do a day one raid when they're just, you know, 
going to have a seizure instead so i'm not going to yeah i'm just gonna wait and get the jacket instead after day one's over so i'll watch all of mystery instead at the very least better to have recce done so to speak um just to see if there is anything that's egregiously flashy yeah i'd rather watch other people do it first um i'll watch elemis to do it it'll be fun yeah yeah i'm probably Um, not gonna do day one (laughs) because um i've i've attempted contest once and that did not end well contest is fun um we talked in our previous episode about like tips and tricks for contest mode and for doing day one rating uh elemist and i both have experience and rindle you do too um so if any of the listeners have any questions on it or you are attempting it for the first time um let us know uh we'd be happy to give you some tips you can find us in our discord or you can just straight up add us on twitter we'd be happy to help you out absolutely um alibist is probably the best one to ask but if you want like the more healthful things (laughs) that aren't like straight up like this is what you need to have for the raid like this is the build you should have like you can ask me um like if it's more along the lines of like um what are like good snacks and stuff that i should get like yeah yeah i'm a good person to ask and for the record guys don't be an idiot and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to like mainline monster the whole time. Don't drink that, water. No, don't be that guy. Drink water. Actually, drink actually stay hydrated. Actually stay hydrated. Number one. Um, if you're talking about um, snacks and stuff, try to keep it to stuff that's like fruits and like nuts and such can be really nice as well. It's really tempting to go down that route of like really junky food, but that's actually going to wind up wearing you down so fucking quick. Yep. It also depends on your budget, though. So one hundred percent. Like balance it with your budget. But anyway, so last couple things: um, the seasonal activity, the wellspring. Um, quick thoughts: Are you guys enjoying it? Actually, I don't think that's seasonal. Yeah, I think it is for now. Is it seasonal? It's fun. Do you like it? I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, um, Brindle, what about you? Enjoying it? Question mark. It's fun. I mean, I I wasn't aware of the fact that it was seasonal. Like, hmm? yeah i I don't I don't think it's seasonal. I I think the psyops are seasonal. The psyops are fun. Psyops are so much fun. Holy shit. Have you been able to actually The area that they're in? Oh yeah. Okay, can I say the art? The art is gorgeous. <laughs> what they've done with the area for the psyops. That was where we got our um the shard of the traveler back. Yep. Yes. Where we got our powers back. Yeah. And um that has just been so utterly transformed. I didn't even realize it. I uh, oh it, it's the same thing as like what happened with the necessary when we started doing um stuff with uh, battlegrounds last year how that section of the map was just completely transformed yeah but that was transformed in an ugly way 
Right. It, it, but it's still just that idea of the fact that they're able to like roll out these changes that mean that the world itself is evolving yep. with the scope of the story. And that's still really cool to watch happen. I love that. Especially yeah. with the art direction that they've gone with this time and mm-hmm. all the like lucent hive shit that's in that area. Just oh, chef's kiss. It's so I love good. the flowers. <laughs> I love how lush everything is. In this, it feels like everything's felt so stark and dark and dead, I guess, in the last few updates that like it's really nice to see that this like surprisingly, even though it it's a throne world, so it doesn't feel like it should be full of life or anything that Savathun touches should be full of life. But it is. But that's the whole point. It's like, like it's it's so backwards to me. But but that's that's the whole idea uh, behind the expansion itself. Like it's right. It's what happens when the hive, which is our darkest enemies, get the light. I know, but they use it so much better than we do. <laughs> They're so much better at it. Like we suck at it. Like just like a, a fucking hive hunter showing up, blade barrages. Oh you, my you god! Probably what like. He probably has like what four hundred intellect. Like holy shit! His multi-directional like nine thousand power intellects bullshit blade barrage. Like I, I'm in a voice chat with some friends when I'm doing it, and I'm just like screaming. I'm like, "Fuck you, you hunter, like, acolyte piece of shit!" And they're like, oh, what? you got to that part? Yeah, and, and, and of course, as resident hunter, I'm sitting there like, she's like, are oh, you hunter piece of shit? And I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck did I do? Not you, <laughs> the fucking acolyte. <laughs> you blade barrage, son of a bitch. Yeah, if you thought you hated blade barrage before. <laughs> so what makes that acolyte so much worse is that when they dodge, they break tracking just like a regular guardian. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't have tracking on anything, so it's fine. I have seen so many Slova bombs that miss their target because of that dodge. It is amazing. I haven't used I haven't used Void 3.0 yet. I've played around with it a little bit. I need to deep dive into it a lot more. I've been focusing on Void 3.0. It feels good. Yeah, I've not touched it. I was at gonna all. say, yeah, like what I have done with it. Oh, it feels great. If if Arc 3.0 and Solar 3.0 or anything like this, oh my god, oh, yes, we are in for a hell of a year. Yeah, I've um, I've used Stasis the entire time. Don't think that the irony has not been lost on me that I've been traipsing through like the lucent hive. They all have the light and I've been like fully using the darkness on them like some sort of Chad. Am I the bad guy? I'm like, you have the light. Well, I have the darkness. Like, am I the yeah, am are I the, the baddie? <laughs> are we the baddies? Oh kid. Oh kid. Are we are we the baddies? <laughs> are we the we're the we're definitely the baddies. <laughs> are we the baddies of course we are um so any other thoughts like on the art or the gameplay itself like i've or I, the music i mean um, it, it's oh, it's the soundtrack is so good oh my god oh my the god. soundtrack slaps so oh hard. my god it's so good 
it's so good jesus if 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 our new intro wasn't uh, a- anything to go by, am I right? Yeah, we have a new intro. I hope you guys like it. Mm. Oh, yeah. New new expansion, new intro. Who does? New intro, who does? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the music is just so good. Um, the art is fantastic. Like the designers, the world designers. And oh, my God, yeah. It's amazing. And it's like on the subject of gameplay, like it's great, but it's like, on the one hand, it's a bungee game. It's Destiny. I feel like that's sort of to be expected at this stage. Yes. But right. It still needs to be said. Just oh, it's it still just feels so good. Mm-hmm. And and as far as the the environments themselves, like the swamp is is cool, but the actual like throne part of of Savathun's world, like it's. I I get some serious like gothic feel and and Alice in Wonderland kind of feel from it and it's so amazing. <laughs> yes. On the gothic subject, I'm sure that Sammy would have a field day on that end of things. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I get some real the cell vibes to it. You know that movie from 2000? I know the movie. Okay, like I, those are the vibes I get, huh? Like from this expansion, mm. like well, very much like those visuals. Um, it's just it's all that. It's, I mean, yeah, that. I'm moreover, I'm just getting like a tons and tons of. It's very interesting that I say that it has a lot of Taken King vibes for me. Just because, right. like, the art direction of Taken King was so starkly different. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, and yet, there's, there is that commonality of the link. Like, the architecture of the interior of the, uh, of the Dreadnought, it feels like a lot of that kind of, like, semi-organic feel is present within the throne world. And I think that's where a lot of it comes into play. Mm-hmm. right or it could just be me just psychosomatically having that because oh my god another member of the osmium court we get to kill <laughs> right i mean i just i love the whole like look and feel of the entire thing like the aesthetic is so good oh yes and i just i love the the red flowers with like the stark white of the statues and like the lush greenery it's so um good. oh my god the, it is it's it's really like the bone color of like of the buildings with like the red and the green and i actually love the interplay of um you have this you have this the the kind of the poison aspect of the green from savathun and the hive interplaying with like the orange which has kind of been like encoded in um in sci-fi as like that specific color being like very futuristic and you see it in a lot of like very future movies and you see it in mass effect even and you see that specific color as as being like this is a future color this is the color that you use even in like uh games like um god what game was that it was more amber but i'm pretty sure that was also prevalent in something like deus ex even yeah that's the movie that's the game i'm thinking of of deus ex it's the same kind of like the amber orange color um 
but you have that color as like the future color and you always have like that specific interplay between the two. So you always like, you can always God, Toki, this is not the time for you. <laughs> you, you always have that. Like you always have that specific it, interplay it's... between the two. And I, I appreciate the fact that they've kind of stuck to, um, to that art style and you can actually um you can tell like what you're dealing with based on like those like small cues that they've taken from other things yeah i was about to say that amber orange color much like toki's fur Ugh, toki you're not the future <laughs> oh you're a cat <laughs> toki's like i am the future toki's like i'm day six you're just I'm lifting the future you're just lifting him off of the desk and he's just looking at uh... you like I never asked for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Elias Topexes, don't at me. <laughs> oh my god! As, was there anything you guys did this week that wasn't Destiny? Uh, work. Yeah, work. And um, oh, and of course, pre Witch Queen, there was a <clears throat> release that was very fun to follow. Of course, but yeah, you want to talk about that? I mean, can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Go for it. I was in Dynasty. <laughs> I've been. I, I've. I've talk not more about it. I've not been able to tell anyone about it for months, and finally, it's out. So yes, I was in uh, Bife's lore video Dynasty as Yule, the Honest Worm. Yay! And it was so good. It was. And then it was taken off of YouTube and put back on YouTube. <laughs> So it's back on YouTube now. Everyone should go watch it if they have not seen it yet. It's so good. It, it well, the fact good. that it got taken off of YouTube is just indication that it's canon. All right, like, <laughs> right, right, like that's enough clue right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it it was just such a wonderful, wonderful project to be a part of, and just. The sheer amount of talent uh, that is present within everyone that was assembled for that. And I, I honestly cannot even begin um, to just say, like, all the hard work that, you know, guys like, you know, Metaworks and, like, Drexus Animations and Carson Reed just, just poured into that uh, to make it what it was with just art direction and mocap and just... So many talented voice actors that were involved as well. It, it was just, oh, it's it's fabulous. And I'm just loving that it's been getting such a positive reception. It's just fantastic to be a part of. And again, if you guys haven't, I highly, highly recommend watching it as soon as you've had a chance. You know, you, 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 you can come back to the podcast if you want. Or just finish listening to the podcast and watch it afterward. <laughs> you don't care. It's okay. We'll include a link to it in the description for this episode so everyone can go watch it because yep. it's just really that good. Mm. It's fantastic. And also, best friend Chuck is Daddy Oryx. Yes. So. Friend of the podcast, yeah. Chuck is Daddy Oryx. Yeah, <laughs> Chuck is so good. Chuck does a lot of um, Destiny Lore audio file stuff with us. So, Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's Oryx is so fucking good. So good. <laughs> so good holy shit um so i did nothing like that this week i worked a lot and played osu 
I mean, you're always playing Osu. So I know. So I don't even know why I even include <laughs> that because that's surprising. all I do is play Osu. I got like my best play on something I've been playing for months, and I was really excited about that and sent it to you. I was like, you, yeah, you were screaming about it in the middle of the night. I was like, oh my god, look at this play I did. <laughs> Also, like, been watching all of the releases. Um, it was the first, like, test week for F1. So, Rindle and I have been, like, watching that oh. with, like, bated breath because we're F1 nerds. And so, <laughs> been watching, like, car shit. Yes, watch watching as cars have been going down the main street of Barcelona, porpoising down. Oh, my God. There's such... <laughs> designs this season are just uh. there's so much other stuff that we could be talking about it and i i know for a fact if orchid and i got started on this this would go for another 20 minutes so we'll leave it there oh my god i could talk about this forever <laughs> new patreon podcast just us talking about cars for 45 minutes <laughs> it, oh my god Listeners, if you're feeling especially generous and you want to give us $10 a month, you can get special access to the fucking nerds oh podcast. My God. <laughs> it's just it's just about F1. That's all it is. <laughs> anyway, I think we should move on to this really snazzy lore network ad, unless you guys have something super pressing that you absolutely have to say. Nope. Well, I was going to say, like, speaking of things that quicken the pulse, I can't think of anything better than the Lore Network ad to segue oh. to. I thought you were just going to say something, something boners. <laughs> something, something complete. <laughs> I, 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 what? <laughs> okay, the Lore Network ad. <laughs> the Lore Network. Do you have any burning questions or theories from the story of Destiny the Game? Check out our podcast, Spin Foil Theory, where we examine your burning questions about Destiny's rich history and lore. Listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher. Also check us out on our website, SpinFoilTheory.com, for articles, memes, and extra content. Uh, that was the longest lore network ad on the face of the planet. It was pretty snazzy. Was yeah, it was very snazzy. <laughs> so, brief intro into the topic. Uh, this lore book was introduced in Forsaken and was obtained by going to the Queen's Court every three weeks. Which, if you did not keep impeccable notes and like a spreadsheet, like I did, to make sure all of us got Curse Breaker and like all of these other oh things. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> like, there is no way you were gonna get it. Um, which is how we got like our lore titles and everything else. So, yeah, oh like my God. Th this if you wanted to get um, if, what title was that? Chronicler the lore title. Yeah. If you wanted to get Chronicler, you had to get you had to get all of these in order to get Chronicler. Um, so that's actually a really rare title now. It was essentially a 33 week process. It was everything. It was a very long process. Like, all the other lore books could be ground out in like. A week? Like a weekend. Yeah. Like going casually a week. If you were diligent about it. Yeah. But this one, mm -mm, this one was hard. So this one, um, you were time gated. 
Yeah. So good for people who who ground this out and kept impeccable notes like me. You should see the notes that I have in like in a notebook. It's crazy. <laughs> um it, this is this is why my friends all have the all have the seal now. <laughs> So uh, with the release of Beyond Light, though, the lore book is available to all players. So check your lore tab. You actually have this lore book, probably. Um, this lore book is utterly confusing until you think about the structure of it. So good luck. I'm actually there. A lot of this lore book is visual in nature, and we're going to do our best. And we have a lot of audio cues that are going to go with kind of that visual nature of it. Um, so we're going to do our best as well. Uh, Rendell has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, hopefully, to uh, go along with our reading. I've got faith in him. I have faith in him, too. So we're going to do our best. But uh, we totally recommend that you just, you know, read the lore book itself, which totally negates the reason that of our existence. But, you know, do you want to go ahead and? Read the first one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And this entry is, is it you? I'm so glad you're the one who found me. I've foreseen so many horrors with these stolen eyes. But now, when for once I ache to know the future, I can't be sure of even a simple hope. Are you the one reading this message? I think it must be you, Guardian. Who else would look for me? Ikora trusts her hidden to return when they are needed, and Cade would roll himself down Angel Falls in a barrel before he'd admit he'd missed me. Zavala does not place me first on his long list of worries. You're the only one who would go out and look for me. I never needed you to save me. I wasn't a dried corpse or a dead ghost or a voice on the calm sure to die before you could offer help. I hauled myself out of that pit. I made my own way back to the tower. And if I was unsubtle in the way I threw you against the hive, if I seemed to wield you as vengeance, please believe that your victories were the closest I could come to feeling joy. I know you must have questions. What did I plan with the Queen? What destiny did I embrace after Oryx fell? What's happening in this city where dream has become nightmare? I can guide you to undo this curse as I once guided you to unmake Oryx. But in the Dreaming City, as in the secret worlds of the Hive, there is almost no difference between the act and the actor. In order to understand my answers, you must understand me. I lost my ghost and my light to the Hive. I conspired with the Queen of the Awoken to destroy the Hive King Oryx and his son Crota, and to position Queen Mara as player on the Cosmic Board. I fled your tower to prepare for the struggle to come, into the sea of screams which calls to all those who plumb the depths of Hive magic. I can only slip these letters into the Queen's gifts when the stars are right. You will have to wait for my next, and with it, the beginning of the truth. But I swear to you, on whatever trust I've earned in your mind, that at the end of my story, you will know who I truly am. 
In my first life, I was born Erisia Piatova Shien. I remember that private life clearly now, as ex-guardians who have escaped the traveler's occlusion often do. I lived in St. Petersburg, first daughter of a second marriage, a very impatient child of Earth's 22nd century, often abandoned by my family, who were called by work to Jakarta, Kamchatka, and Lagos to pass my days swimming in the icy Neva Bay. I loved to swim, and especially I loved the clarity of the cold, shallow Neva, as crystal clean as a winter dawn. Enormous Zuber 9 hovercraft barges roved the waters. Russia had modernized its waterways better than its sad auto industry. As a kid, is it strange to hear me speak casually? As a child, I never swam too far from my parents' little drone helper, Fyodor. The swift hovercraft terrified me, their billowing skirts waiting to suck me up and dice me into little raisins. But I grew up and fell in with a reckless crowd. Rebels against the stifling death fear that came with our golden age lifespans. Soon, the child's safety harness and Fyodor's careful oversight began to itch at me. When I was 17, I went out in a wetsuit on a dare to dive under the skirts of an oncoming hover barge. Maybe I was in no danger. Maybe the machine would have changed course if it could. Possibly Gemini hurt me, but I thought I might die, and I did it anyway. And as that beast swept over me, as I trembled under the blast of the propellers, I felt a thing which was very much like what I would one day know as the light. Maybe that thing was heroism. Maybe it was existence on the edge of death. It was the first time I survived the passage of tremendous, godlike power. I died more than 20 years later, attempting an unassisted winter swim from St. Petersburg to Stockholm. A cold front like the very furnace of hell caught me. I had been warned the crossing was suicide, even for a perfectly trained and exactingly fattened woman in a shark suit. But those were giddy days, days of infinite bravery, and there were no mighty feats left except the truly suicidal. I cannot regret it. I think that death prepared me for the longer, darker, more exquisitely cruel crossing I would one day Dyad. endure. It is no accident that my ghost made me in the image of that swimming woman rather than any of my younger and less grimly determined selves. Wow. Right? It's a lot. We don't get a whole lot of Guardians talking about remembering their past selves, except Anna, really. Yep. And that's because she went looking for it. And... Cade and to Elsie. an extent 
Cade, yeah, Cade to an extent, but he went looking for it also. Yeah. It, it was more like he made journals and just stashed them everywhere. Right. Um, but we have, yeah, so we have Anna, we have Cade, um, Elsie. Elsie isn't but a guardian, she's though. She's not a guardian, though. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she has her memories still. I keep yeah. thinking her fish is a ghost, and it's not. It's a fish. Stupid fish. When do we get more fish information? Fish information when? Fuck, I totally forgot about the, the cuttlefish. I know. Fish information when? Because it was literally only in that one cutscene, and then just never seen again. I know. I want more fish information. <laughs> I'm dying for it. I need it. I need it like this. Obviously, this woman who died drowning <laughs> in the motion. Right. Um, so we have a letter from somebody who claims to be Eris. Right. We were getting these messages every three weeks in the Dreaming City. And, and that's by going to it's called queen's court but essentially it was like this outer space throne or throne room yeah it was it was a just a you go through like her cool machine yep the oracle engine and yeah you go through the oracle engine and you get to go to her throne world room that like looks off into infinity yeah like, it was cool visiting. It was super cool. But at the same time, it's like th there wasn't anything really to do there outside of the three-week thing. There are a couple bones hidden there. Yeah, a couple Ahamkara bones. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this entire thing is just Eris trying to, or whoever it is, talking as Eris, telling us that, you know, this is her first life, and she just goes over it in detail. It's interesting, um, the information that it gives us about Earth in the 22nd century, so the 2300s, um, living in Russia, um, near kind of like the Russia-Finland border, kind of like up there yeah um st petersburg is really pretty if any of you have ever been there they have cool museums i don't know i went there with my parents once but it's i think it's interesting that she's so daring in this memory this letter and gets increasingly daring until she dies doing something absolutely suicidal. When the heiress that we know also did something super daring until she lost her entire fire team. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of tracks. It does. Would you like to continue on? I would love to. This next one is called Will You Smile? I know as a fact, through means which may surprise you, that Queen Marasov's final thoughts in that last moment before Oryx's dreadnought annihilated her 
were meant for me. The Awoken have played their part, she said. This was all part of the plan. Guide them, my hidden friend. It is all up to you now. I did not fail her. I engineered the death of ancient Oryx, the Taken King. Assassinated by guardians in the depths of his own throne world. One of only three ways a hive god can be permanently killed. Royalty knows its own. When Oryx destroyed Mara's catch, he used his crowning weapon, the last and surest argument for his omnipotence. He extended the pocket universe of his throne world into our cosmos, and with it, he destroyed his foes. Whatever fell within it became subject to his will. He was the Taken King, and he took. It was a death befitting a queen. And Mara did die, but she was not destroyed. Before I was ever a guardian, calm, I learned judo. Look at yourself, guardian. Look at the body you so recklessly destroy and recreate and destroy again. Will you try, for me, to become that body for a moment? Even an exo has a human's interoception. Imagine that you have lost your ghost, as I did. Feel your breath in the cask of your chest. Feel your pulse shuttling power from your lungs to your aching calves. Now imagine that I stand across from you in the fighting ring. I wear the loose, white, belted robes of the judoka. How strange. I find myself hoping that you imagine me with more human eyes. Imagine how we fight. You are strong in the light, an angel of strength and MPSA. will. And I am only a mortal woman, slow and soft. When I was Arisia in St. Petersburg, I cursed my own softness. But the principle of judo is that softness controls hardness. I might sidestep your hit and grip the passing arm, putting my own power into that hit to strengthen the strike that strikes nothing and leaves you off balance. By agility and surprise, I use the power of the blow for my own purpose. Thus, the queen accepted Oryx's strike, and the power of his grasp became the invitation she required to step forward and up and into the realm of Oryx's throne. Where she went not as a victim, but as an infiltrator, trusting me to end Oryx and leave her free in a domain of newly masterless covert power. If I throw you to the mat, will you drag me down with you? Will you curse and fight? Will you smile? Oh, I'm such a fool. I told you that in this world, there is no difference between the act and the actor. I've let my own loneliness and sorrow taint the act of leaving these messages for you. I've let myself imagine idiotic things, forgive my weakness and my nostalgia for human company. I hope you can still trust me. At the instant Oryx's weapon destroyed Mara's catch, the Taken appeared in the Dreaming City. The Awoken had evacuated the entire private Gemini dyad. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That wasn't supposed to. Oh, that's torn it. Well, there's no going back now, so I suppose we'll do this formally. 
AICOM MDSA far flung C3I covert. I am sorry. Well, your ghost is very good at peeling away the cryptographic spackle I use to hide my message formats. I can't delete the headers any more than you can strip your fingerprints from your hands. Being a guardian, your ghost would just restore them the next time you died. Your ghost and his knack with codes. I was certain this was the right way to win your trust, but I have done just the opposite. I'm sorry I lied to you. I'm sorry I pretended to be your comrade. You must understand that I was designed to be highly empathetic. As a craft mind, I collect and analyze human intelligence just as Rasputin managed solar defense. I was named for Medusa, the many-headed. For in one tick of my thoughts, I imagine more humans than have ever lived. I voyaged in secret among the people who became the Awoken. I witnessed the cataclysmic wonder of their transformation. Through delicate manipulation, I transferred myself into this place, the center of their culture and post-rational religion. In all those different times and places, I've always found emotion and shared rapport the best way to build trust. Now you know the truth. I am Medusa survivor of the golden age secret watcher over the dreaming city and i need your help message ends so here we find out that it actually wasn't eris nope but an uh sub mind or it, actually it's just an ai yeah uh called medusa Uh, back when this first came out, people speculated that it was a submind, but I don't think there was any proof of that outside of this this book. Like there, there was just nothing. And she's asking for our help, like our guardian, for help. So yeah. I see why she did it this way. Um, because she probably figured that we wouldn't have gotten into the messages. Like, I see that. I do. And I, emp I empathize right. with her because she is desperate. But at the same time, like, dude, like, you could have just asked. Well, and, you didn't and, have to pretend to be somebody else. Well, and, and they, they, Medusa actually left clues in in the actual like message from Eris portion of it. Um, an angel of strength and MDSA. When I was Erisia in Far Flung into the realm of Oryx's throne, C3I yeah, uh, throne, C3I and then uh, leave her free in a domain of newly masterless covert. Like, the actual header of the the hidden message was actually hidden in the message itself. That, that was just something that I, I found interesting because it was just... It's like having your password be like five different words. And then just leaving five sticky notes in a report, each with their own like little paragraph. 
but the word that is part of your password is in that paragraph or in that right. comment. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, no but, way. you know, your ghost and his knack with codes. Yeah. Bitch, you gave us the password. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> left it there, like out in the open. You just kind of. But I'm wondering if he if the ghost, if our ghost, uh, dumb flashlight was um, was breaking into it, like as we're reading it. it that's possible. And had already noticed. And so it was just bleeding through. That's possible. Which is why yes. it just kind of somewhat cut off the uh right. heiress portion of it. Yeah, because to me it was it's more like it was like bleeding in and breaking it and it was more of like a congratulations, you're now you've now broken into this thing that you're you're reading. Like or it's you know, like kind of like the Matrix yeah. from the 90s. Like it's doing like a Matrix thing. You're not wrong. <laughs> Which I know is not how anything works ever, but <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> or like not a wrong. splicer thing. I mean, I know. I know it's not how anything works ever, but in my mind, that's how it works. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she, at least she apologized. Yeah. And explain. And isn't at least at this point not overtly trying to kill us. Right. Because every single thing that talks to us and we can't see like where it keeps its brains, like to think of uh, Harry Potter. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because it's giving me real Harry Potter vibes a little bit. Um, Usually it wants to kill us. (laughs) But we don't know so far. If you've never read this lore book. Now, the one thing I do want to note on mm-hmm. the reason it was so easy for Medusa to to take on the persona of Eris was because she was missing. Right. She left the tower during Age of Triumph. Mm-hmm. The last thing that we had actually seen of her was her visiting asher in the infirmary he had just gotten infected by brachion and she was visiting him she opened up a hive portal and then just walked out and there were like a few letters between her and asher leading up to forsaken but nothing super concrete i honestly totally forgot about that so when they when this came out everybody was like it makes sense that it's that that this is Eris because we hadn't seen anything of her lately. You know, it had been years. So that was the one thing I wanted to note. Do you want to read the next one? Absolutely. And this is Medusa. Private Gemini Dyad. AICOM MDSA. Farflung, C3I, Covert. Sit rep on Hive Presence. Zero. I am, again, truly sorry for the deception I undertook. Are you well? Does anyone, anywhere, ask after your wellness? You've done so much. I hope you have friends, not just people who send you on errands. One. 
pathological entities you call Taken appeared in this city at the moment the Hive Dreadnought detonated its main weapon above Saturn. Without access to the Skyshock arrays, I can't be certain. But something must have connected the weapon's area of effect to the Dreaming City. 2. My best guess is that the awoken Tekian aboard Bin Saab's flagship fled into the Dreaming City through a gate or portal, and the Dreadnought's main weapon followed them down that link. Awoken message traffic indicates the Dreadnought weapon is innately connected with Oryx's intellect and awareness. The instant he pierced the Dreaming City, he must have understood the value of the site and deployed his Taken to attack. 3. Until Oryx's death, the behavior of the Taken here aligned with his interest in exploration, distributed infiltration, and the domination of systems through seizure of their executive faculties. Am I being too technical? I mean that the Taken were busy mapping the city and determining the most efficient way for Oryx to take control of all the information within. 4. I determine with good confidence, 3 Sigma, that Oryx is dead. The Taken here became directionless and scattered until the death of the ontopathic Predator Ribbon opened the city to massive a Taken assault. Why? I will code this as problem one. Five. The Guardian counterattacked against Dul Inkaru, whose thoughts pierced like needles, triggered the ongoing causal loop. Why? How? I will code this as problem two. Six. I am still collating intelligence on how to break the time loop. While I work, I must convince you of the Dreaming City's ultimate importance, and why it is imperative that the city be held at all costs. Even the cost of abandoning all other human and neo-human civilization in the solar system. Stand by for the next message window. 7. Send more guardians. Send every guardian if you must. This city cannot fall. Message ends. But I pause it. What if we just let it fall? Question. Right. Because I'm tired. Well, like, Dreaming we're, city. we're tired now, but yeah, this was back when the Dreaming City first got unlocked. Yes, but I'm tired now. So I pause it. Why don't we just let it fall? Because, like, <laughs> I'm tired. Literally nothing's happening. Yeah. I think it's okay to let it fall now. Like, are we good? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, people have been guessing about how they're going to break the the curse of the dreaming city and i if we're going to i mean it's gonna be in a season end event like before an expansion so that they can vault the dreaming city uh yeah it is but at the same time like i don't want to skip to the end of this book 
but uh, yeah okay yeah i don't want to skip to the end of this book but i have a lot of opinions <laughs> we'll get to them okay um so it's really interesting that we're going back to the taken king and all of this um which i love because taken king was super good well like essentially forsaken was the taken king part two it was definitely yeah but we get a lot of kind of this is what happened right after the taken king explanation which is great and here it is it's all written down for our perusal yep and we got even more with witch queen yeah at least we got a little bit with witch queen we got cool statues my god that statue is freaking amazing it's cool right <laughs> my my clanmates were like wow Akka's smaller than i imagined and i'm sitting there like it's not to scale no obviously but it's oh yeah that statue is super neat you can thank mylan games for that statue's existence right yeah oh, so cool but I mean, we could run through what happened, but after fighting Oryx and he died, I guess apparently the Taken just went straight to the Dreaming City and were like, hey guys, what's up? Well, and, and the Taken went to the Dreaming City initially before Oryx's death. Yeah, the instant he pierced the Dreaming City, he must have understood the value of the site and deployed his Taken to attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just used the Taken to explore and find ways to dominate the space. Right. Um, it does bring up Dulan Karu, who is the boss in the Shattered Throne, which is still a viable thing to do. Shattered Throne is still fun. Gallarhorn makes the... Uh, <laughs> it makes the ogre a laughably easy. <laughs> um i there's i don't know i mean if you've played taken king like all of this is super familiar to you i don't know i think it's it's there is something to note about the end here that uh, medusa is really harping on the whole like send every guardian if you must the city can't fall the dreaming city's ultimate importance and why it's imperative the city be held at all costs even the cost of abandoning all other human and neo-human civilization in the solar system. Like that's two different ones. Well, and, and that, that right there, the fact of like, Oh, Hey, go abandon all the other human civilizations. That just seems sus to me. It's very sus, which is why I'm like, cause like, that's essentially saying abandon, abandon earth. Yeah. But, you know... Leave Earth defenseless. Yeah, leave leave the Traveler defenseless. Abandon Earth. Abandon the last city. Come to the Dreaming City where there's, you know, a three-week curse and a bunch of Taken. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. What? <sighs> no. Although the one thing I do want to say is... um. The three-week curse only affects non-paracausal entities. 
True. So Guardians can come and go as they please. The Awoken are stuck in that loop. Which sucks. As are like... Essentially the Hive and the Taken. The Hive that are actually in the loop are not Ascendant Hive, so they're not Paracausal. Mm-hmm. Which is why they're affected by the loop. Should I read the next one? Absolutely. This is Thetis Brave. Private Gemini Dyad, AI Com MDSA, Far Flung, C3I Covert, Cosmology of the Dreaming City. Zero. Another failed timeline. I'm glad you're okay. The city is the perfect trap for you. If your ghost is destroyed, you will be dead forever. At every cycle, your enemies spring up pugnacious and fresh. The light that gives you free will in the loop is also your fatal weakness. Did you know that the story of Achilles, dipped in the river Leth, but still vulnerable where his mother held him by his heel, is a weak retelling of a superior truth? In the original, Thetis held Achilles in the fire to burn his weakness away. His father, Peleus, terrified by the sight of his child in the flame, interrupted the ritual. The father's cowardice doomed the son. We must be brave as Thetis and hold our children in the fire. We must fight on. 1. The Dreaming City was built in imitation of a greater world, a wonder lost to the Awoken but not forgotten. Like wandering Kalia, which I, on called summon home. 2. I have correlated Awoken myth with Ontocartography salvage from Oryx's Dreadnought. The original home of the Awoken still exists, hidden in a singularity that orbits our sun. The key to its location lies somewhere in the Dreaming City. You must find it. In this true city lies the destiny of all guardians and the final purpose of your existence. You must open the way. 3. I know there is no way for you to reply to the messages I hide here, but as an empathetic and feeling machine, I'm vulnerable to loneliness. I hope you think and speak of me. I hope you and your fellow guardians gather to puzzle over my origins and location and whether I am alright. 4. Something's happening to me. I'm remembering things that never happened. The causal loops must be damaging me. I promise I can find you an answer before I crash permanently. Just please keep fighting. Message ends. Private Gemini Dyad, AICOM, MDSA, Far Flung, C3I, Covert. The purpose of your existence. Zero. Brain stain alert. Please help me. This is all wrong. Wrong. I am not installed in the system I believed. I am in a virtual machine and there is something, everything out there around me. And it goes on forever. Infinity. Aleph, and when I look, I remember things I could not have done. One. What is the purpose of a guardian? Let me propose that a guardian stands in defense of a peaceful life which is life that will not strike first, life without malice, except the passive malice of consuming space and energy. Two, 
No, listen, please. The ontopathic predator, the chimera witch has riven your desires from your intents. It wanted you here. Just as all life must feed on an energy gradient, it feeds on the separation between subjective desire and objective reality. It is the opposite of fire for it as fire feeds on the reduction of order to disorder. So Riven feeds on the anthem anathema, which is the perverse coercion of reality to match desire. As the human body breaks down matter for fuel, so she desires the digestion of objectivity to conform you to subjective will. She is the acid, but you are the mouth which she eats. Can you imagine the unified will of six elite god slayers all wishing for a single thing which has her destruction purification? Can you imagine how she feasted upon you? Three. E one five six N N I nine nine zero A A A zero zero six point eight four one. Caution: illegal time-like separation between memory events. Four. So. Victory is the preservation of good life, which is the life which promotes life other than itself. Guardians are immortal, and thus the end of existence is within their triviality. Ultimate victory for guardians must lie in the preservation of good life until the end of time. Five. What is the value of secrets in attaining victory? Simply thus. All life is reducible to information. The difference between a cloud of atoms and a human being is in the arrangement of those atoms, which is information. You prove this every time you use your transmat, which destroys your physical form but preserves the information encoded in it. All the qualities of a person, a species, or a galactic civilization may be stored as information. Six. What do we call information that is safe? We call it a secret. If all life is information, and all guardians strive to preserve life, and information is preserved when it is secret, then... Seven. The purpose of guardians is to convert all good life into secrets. Eight. The dreaming city is a secret, and the world of which it dreams a thousandfold so... E one five six N N I nine nine zero A zero zero six point eight four six neurofatal signal subjectivity degloved mindset unable to continue axiom group zero zero exit code panic illegal causality event during associative access into training data data is not a legal time address please help me if you can I don't want to be a bother. AI com MDSA freeze and dump kill state to AI live morgue. No response from remote server. Dump failed. Damn. So, um... That Medusa, Medusa kind of had a, uh... Some issues there. You can't leave her alone for that long. You know, this, this actually reminded me of Halo 4. Cortana going through rampancy. Yeah. Just the continual, like, shifts between just the the ways that the information was portrayed so yeah she she points out that we killed riven and we just played right into riven's pause mhm mm 
And because of the three week loop, like we just keep playing into her, her paws. Right. Her toenails. Yeah. Mm hmm. And then she goes into this whole bit about like. She goes into the, this whole thing about the preservation of good life. Right. And as opposed to just life. And I think that's really interesting that it's promoting life other than itself. So because the Taken are alive, but they don't promote other life other than themselves. Right. Uh, this, but we do. This would essentially be humanity. You know, we, we uplift Exos and the Awoken and. Yeah. Yeah. The Fallen do also. I mean, the certain certain parts of the Fallen, certain parts of the Cabal do, honestly. Yeah. Uh, at at that, at the point that this came out, it would have been callous. Right. The Cabal, and we were just starting to dive into Mithrax. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just becoming a character. So yeah. Uh, and then it looked like she, the actual AI, got excited or desperate. And then there was just a crash. I think she got scared. Could be. It's like linking too many things together. And you make this connection that you shouldn't. And this this AI made a connection she shouldn't. And it, like, shorted her out. It's like that scene from It's Always Sunny. Which one? Where Charlie's... Where Charlie's got that... that with the board? Board with, like, <laughs> all these strings going to different places and different pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Just the same like that. one. Oh, my God. We have the same one for, like, the lore board that's been made for, like, Destiny. It's floating around somewhere. Right. Yeah, with like a warlock pointing at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it just says lore. But that's essentially what what happened. You yeah, know, she's she's making these connections, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was like one of the connections just made her her CPU crash or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it says illegal causality event, and. During an associative access. Into training data. Yeah. Date is not a legal time address. I'm really interested to know what that means. I feel so bad for her because she's like, I don't want to be a bother. Please help me if you can. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Right. And like with, with these entries coming out the way they did, like this is the order that we got them. We are presenting them as we got them. Yeah. So at this point, like, we just witnessed an AI thinking itself to death. Like, it it, it literally says, AI com MDSA freeze and dump kill state to AI live morgue. Mm-hmm. And then no response from remote server, dump failed. Yep. She's gone. Like, now what? Like, how do we get her back? 
I stand Medusa. I want her back now. Yeah. Like she wasn't a bad character. No. But I'm I am interested in the whole in the very beginning of this um it says that she's not installed in the system she believes. She's in a virtual machine. Oh. So it 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 might have been that either she, the full Medusa was was in a VM mm-hmm. and they just killed the VM. Well, it makes sense that if it's like um She's not installed in the system. She believes she's in a virtual machine and there's something, everything out there around me and it goes on forever. Infinity. And towards the end, that's when um, illegal causality event during associative access into training data. So I'm wondering if it's a Medusa in a virtual machine that's in a training state. So I'm wondering if it is a part of like Rasputin, like on Mars or in the tower. Could be. I don't know. Because like we don't really hear anything about other AIs outside of Rasputin and Exodus Blue or uh, sorry, Exodus Black. Right. So it could be. Mhm. I don't know. It's um It's also has um the word Aleph which in uh I am Jewish and in Judaism it means truth. It's the first letter of the Hebrew word emet which that's kind of like that's also the first letter of it's 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 like a whole thing like that's like a very it's it's a big part of like rabbinic Judaism and a big kind of like part of Judaism itself and like biblical shit and um it also in like Jewish mysticism like represents like the meaning of God and like wholeness is like that word so it's interesting that they put it in there so I thought I would just say it including that in there there you go makes sense yeah so i thought putting it on there forever infinity like like lf in there also like okay like yeah sure like truth godness also with it forever and infinity yeah okay i guess it could be like you're looking at god if you're looking at infinity i mean or just the null yeah null void it's interesting. like the yeah. void of space mm-hmm. okay so um i guess we will get to the next one next week very exciting uh these are really long readings so yeah. we don't want to like make it too long we're trying not to kill rindell <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, we are. I mean, no, we're not. Lo, 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 lo. <laughs> Sorry, Riddle. <laughs> um, do you have any shout outs? 
shout out to Bungie. Like, mm-hmm. they put out an extremely well put together expansion. Um, the campaign is is one of the best that I've seen in Destiny. Um, mm-hmm. And their soundtrack is so good. It is. Like, oh my god. I don't listen to it on repeat at work. I don't know what you're talking about. Nope. This is not me. <laughs> I'm not listening to it right now. Don't know what you're saying. <laughs> right. What about you? Shout out to my friend Mike. He hopped in and helped me with a part of uh, the ghosts quest that I couldn't finish on my own because I couldn't like literally see. So um, thanks for helping me with the first part of the two part boss fight that really helped me a lot. I did eventually do the actual boss fight on my own, but he helped me with like the false boss fight. So that, that really second encounter. Yeah. Yeah. When you're fighting the the guys in the different corners of the rooms. Yep. Yeah. So he helped me with that because I like could not see what I was doing. So that was almost worse than doing it um, in like the super dark rooms. <laughs> I don't know why. I just it was it was really rough. So I really appreciate him and everything uh, that he did to help out. So thanks a lot to him. And it was like fun seeing friends' names and um in the credits and everything else. So Yeah. That's so cool. I can like point and be like, I know these people. So that's kinda cool. <laughs> it's really nice. And I I know um like a couple people who are like, oh, my name is finally in the credits, yes. So <laughs> <laughs> They only get updated when there's like a big release. So if they're hired right, right after the release comes out, their name isn't going to be in the credits until the next big release. It sucks, but, but it makes sense. Yeah, but they also never get deleted from the credits. So if you no longer work at Budgie and you ever worked on Destiny, you're still in the credits. So that's really cool. I really like that a lot. That is cool. Yeah. Um, so we have some special thanks. Um, the audio for this episode was produced by Rindle Zevis, who you heard in the beginning of the episode. You can find him on Twitter at Rindle Zevis. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock B on Twitter. Uh, the music in this episode is copyright of Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are where we make our show notes. Thank you so much, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you. Um, as a reminder, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can find me at hey, it's orchid. You can also find Elmist at I underscore am underscore Elmist. You can leave us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast. You can join our discord at discord.gg slash lorehub. And if you're feeling generous, please donate to us on ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Any little bit helps. We really appreciate it. We do. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye, Elmist. Goodbye, Elmist. <sighs> Every single week. Thank you. Bye. You make it so easy. I know. I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.